0: We're glad that you're with us this morning. Uh, like Mark said, if you, were, if you were with us last week, it was an incredible Sunday together, wasn't it? Where we, we got to celebrate together, but we also saw a packed church. I love those mornings because I believe firmly that that's where God is placing us, that God is heading us towards a full house. And then we know that being a faith community isn't all about who turns up on a Sunday, but we want more people to know who Jesus is, don't we? And so we got to talk about the good news last week to some people who may not have heard that before. So we can pray that God has planted that seed in there, right? Yep. Um is that true? Is it is it Dylan's birthday today? Is that true? Happy birthday. There you go. Shout out from the front. I like having Dylan at the front. If you, if you want to know what I like when I'm preaching, it's listen to Dylan this morning. He just he just affirms everything I say, so it's good to have Dylan at the front. I like that. Um, but just saying, we just sang a song talking about how we have a God of revival. Uh, and uh, Esther, who's also in the front row, if you don't know Esther, come and meet Esther. Esther helped out with Youth Alive. Youth Alive has been running for so many years. Um, but it connects with young people in our city. And last night there was an event in the city that had over 3,000 young people turn up to it. Over 300 accepted Jesus as their Lord and Saviour for the first time. So we're we're praising God that He's at work, that He's doing things. Uh, and thank you for your ministry in that as well, Esther. Um, all right. Now, you have to bear with me because I talk about TV shows a lot, don't I? Someone mentioned the other day that they've started watching The Simpsons again because I've mentioned it so many times over the last few weeks. Don't do that. But um, (laughs) have you recently watched, though, an older show and actually you're a bit shocked by some of the content in an older show? Some of the things that they talk about that you're like, what? how are they talking about that um, you know a bit shocked about what was acceptable in a previous era now that's happened with some older shows that, that Susie and I like to watch anyone enjoy watching Faulty Towers Faulty Towers is amazing uh, they've had to edit a couple of episodes because of maybe a few things but I'm always a bit shocked at some of the kind of things going on in that show But I watched a movie that was, I reckon, not even 15 years old, uh, only a week ago, and was shocked by what was even said in that movie to what today is and what is acceptable for us to talk about. Now, I was thinking about that and I was thinking about context, and we'll, we'll have a look at some context things today. But I was also thinking... If people from that era watch TV today, I think they would be shocked too at what is acceptable today, right? It's changed a bit. I imagine someone kind of from the 60s into 70s watching Maths or Love Island, right? They, they would be pretty shocked by what is going on in those shows. Has anyone watched those shows? I've never watched them. I just was like, I think they're controversial and... no. Nah. You're getting dobbed in, Chris. Um, (laughs) Bold and the beautiful. Uh, Well, we're starting a new series this week. Uh, We've looked at some good news over the last few weeks, and we're going to continue to look at good news. But we are starting um, about four weeks we're going to spend in the book of Colossians. Now, uh, it's important for us to understand and we're gonna spend some time together to understand the context and the background of the book of Colossians. We wanna understand what the writer was trying to communicate to his original audience. Um, We need to get a glimpse of their world. Uh, Otherwise, we're gonna read everything into our own context. Does that make sense? The, The original writer had a context and he was writing for a specific purpose. But our current worldview lens is very different to what it was 2,000 years ago in Colossae. Colossae. We also believe, though, that God speaks to us today through his scripture, right? And that actually Holy Spirit can reveal things to us through God's word that he shows us today. And it could be very fresh for us. Does anyone enjoy history and geography? Are there any? There's a couple of hands. Couple of hands. History, geography. If you don't, can you put your hand up and pretend like you do anyway? You you got to stick with me for a a couple of moments, because we just want to look at the background of this book of Colossians. Colossians was a letter. It was a letter written by Paul. Now. Paul, if you don't know who Paul is, Paul used to go by the name of Saul and actually he was quite a zealous Jew who who at the start persecuted Christians, persecuted the followers of Jesus, but actually had a miraculous encounter and he believed that Jesus was who Jesus was claiming to be. Paul then started kind of spreading the gospel on, on these missionary trips and actually started a heap of churches that we're here today, probably because of some of Paul's work in in that beginning stages of the church. This particular letter was written by Paul in, and he was in prison at this point. It's pretty hectic, isn't it? Like that that he wrote a heap of our our uh, New Testament from prison, and he was in prison because he had been. Uh, teaching on the claims of who Jesus was. Now, Colossians, some scholars will say that it was written while Paul was in prison in Rome. Uh, But I really like N.T. Wright, and I don't know if there's anyone else who has heard, read N.T. Wright. N.T. Wright believes that actually it was probably written in prison in Ephesus. Not in Rome. Now, Ephesus, we know where Rome is in Italy. Rome is still Rome. But Ephesus was a coastal city uh, west uh, in Turkey. Mark's got a little map that he might put up. It's not a great map. But uh, if we have a look, Ephesus is kind of here. And he was writing to a people in Colossae, kind of inland. Now, Colossae wasn't a big city. and it was kind of like a, a, a smaller city. It was in modern-day Turkey. That's, that's actually Turkey now. Um, at the time, it was Asia Minor. Uh, and uh, interestingly, Colossae wasn't one of the churches that Paul had started. Paul had started a, a bunch of other churches, like, like in Ephesus, um, but Colossae was actually a, a young church. And it was a church started by a man named Epaphras. That's a fun name, isn't it? Epaphras. Who was a Colossian from Colossae. Who had travelled to Ephesus. And he had heard Paul's teaching at Ephesus. And he had, he had kind of believed the message. He had responded to Paul's gospel in, in Ephesus. And he had returned home to Colossae and he had started the church in Colossae. He had shared the good news and it sprouted and the church started. Now Paul, are you still with me? This is okay? Yeah, yeah. Those of you who would have tuned out did it long ago. It's okay. Um Paul very likely wrote the, the letter of Ephesians. And Philemon at about the same time. In fact, we reckon, NT Wright, I'll just put myself in with NT Wright, we reckon, uh, that actually the letter to Philemon was sent at the same time as the letter to the Colossians. Um, Philemon is a person. It's, a, it's kind of an interesting letter because it's to a, addressed to a person. And the person it's addressed to, Philemon, was part of the church at Colossae. You with me? You've got that kind of connection? And what is really cool, and we'll look at it another time, is it was about one of Philemon's servants, his slaves, a, a guy called Onesimus. And Paul actually writes in Colossians about Onesimus or Onesimus. I just like the one. Anyway, Onesimus. And, uh, and actually Onesimus is travelling with the good news. All right? So there's a connection for anyone who cares. If you yep, look it up after, it's great. Um, Colossians isn't a long letter. It's only four chapters. Four chapters. Who thinks they could read that this week? Four chapters. You could probably read it once a day, I reckon. It's it's quite easy to get through. Um, And Paul is writing this letter to encourage the church. Quite often, Paul's letters are kind of pulling up a church on something they're not doing right. Actually, the letter to the Colossians is is quite an encouraging letter. He's letting them know that, that... He loves what they're doing and that he's praying for them. He's also addressing some of the struggles that they were facing. Not things that they were doing wrong, but struggles that they were facing. Particularly the the kind of pull of two different cultures and philosophies that existed in Colossae at the time. On one hand, you had uh, a polytheistic uh, city which means a city that worshipped lots and lots of different gods. They kind of accepted whatever was around at the time. So there were, there were a lot of different Greek gods that they were, they were worshipping. And, and what the church faced at that point was that Jesus could just become another one of those gods. Just another God to take what you wanted from, leave what you wanted, but, but take kind of, Kind of what you needed from that. So, so Paul's addressing that on one side. And on the other side, you had uh, the Jewish law. That, that there were Jews, uh, we're not sure if there was a synagogue in Colossae, but there were definitely uh, a pressure from, from the Jews to keep fulfilling the old law, the old rituals, the, bound by the food laws, by circumcision. Both were kind of pulling these new believers in, in some different directions. They were pulling them away a bit from the good news and the freedom that exists in following Jesus. And Paul wanted to help the Colossians identify these kind of cultural issues. Who knows that even now, as we look at this book from almost 2,000 years ago, can we see how this message might apply to us even today in our own culture? The take what you like approach of the polytheistic kind of idea. Who knows that's, that's a pretty real ideal in our culture today. We just take bits and pieces of what we want from different beliefs and as long as they're my truth, it doesn't really matter, right? Anyone know what I'm talking about? There's definitely that. And for us who have followed Jesus for a bit, and we exist within our own traditions and churches, who knows that sometimes we get pulled back to ritual over relationship. So I think even though the context is very different, there's stuff for us today in this. You with me still? Good. Good. We're going to move on. All right, so we're actually going to have a look at the first chapter together. So Mark, can you put up just Colossians, starting at, at verse one? This letter is from Paul, like we've talked about, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. And from our brother Timothy. We are writing to God's holy people in the city of Colossae who are faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. May God our Father Give you grace and peace. This is just Paul's kind of introduction, letting them know who it's from, giving them kind of a warm greeting. Does anyone, you know, have one of those in their email? Or you're just like, hope you're well is always my first line. Hope you're well. That's kind of Paul's hope you're well. Uh, it's a bit bit nicer than hope you're well, I guess. Moving on, verse three. We always pray for you. When he says we, he's talking about himself, Timothy, but there's actually a couple of others who are writing this. Paul, um, that, that are worth noting, we always pray for you when we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. You learned about the good news from Epaphras, our beloved co-worker. He is Christ's faithful servant, and he is helping us on your behalf. He has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. Can we pray and then kind of have a look at some ideas in that? Our God, thank you that you're with us. We thank you for our morning already together. We, we pray that as we meet, that we're built up, that we're encouraged, that Holy Spirit, you speak to us, that we might be transformed by your good news and that it might bear fruit in our life. We pray this in the name of Jesus, amen. Are any keen gardeners here this morning? I see lots of like shakes. Hey, there's a couple. Yeah, keen gardener's good. I'm glad there's a few here. Uh, I'm not a keen gardener. There's been times where I've liked, uh, I've enjoyed trying to plant like a veggie garden. I've, I've done that a few times. But one thing, and I'm sure I've talked about it before, one thing I try and do every year is plant Tomatoes. And I've moved from kind of a garden bed to just some pots that I use every year because I can move them out of the sun when they're getting a bit too hot. That heat on the, on the plants is pretty pretty big, that sun. The, uh, anyway, I plant them in in pots because who knows that in summer there's nothing like your own tomatoes. The best lunch you can have in summer is bruschetta, just some toast with some garlic, some tomato. If you've got some salami and basil, chuck that on there as well. It's, it is honestly the best <laughs> summer lunch you can have. And if you're more experienced than me, then this probably happens all the time for, for you keen gardeners. But I decided last year that I wasn't going to plant my tomatoes. And it was just a time restraint and I, I just didn't get round to it. But the pots that I had previously planted tomatoes in, well, I noticed that they were starting to sprout. And there were these little green shoots that came up. And at first, I thought it was like the rest of my garden. There's just some weeds growing. But when I looked closely, they they looked a little bit different. I was like, they kind of look like tomato seedlings. Anyway, a few weeks later, I found out, as they grew, that Tomatoes had actually grown, regrown out of my pots that obviously some fruit had fallen. Now I think usually the process with, with tomatoes, they have to be they have to be kind of eaten, don't they? And then pooed out and then they grow again. I think that's how tomatoes were. No? I'm wrong. Anyway, I'm wrong. I didn't poo in my pots. It's okay. Just letting you know. Uh, but these tomatoes sprouted. Uh, and they they just grew without me even doing it. The seed was in the pot, and I let them grow. And over last summer, even though I didn't plant the tomato plants, they grew and they produced fruit. And the fruit was good fruit. Paul in his opening to the Colossian church, I think he sounds happy, doesn't he? Did you get that feeling that he actually, he almost sounds really just proud of what is happening in Colossae. He's thankful to God for them and he's encouraging them and he's praying for them. And I get the sense that Paul, even though he's never met this church, that he already loves them deeply. I get this sense that he just loves them and that he wants the best for them. I think Paul sometimes gets a bad rap and I've even heard it in the last week about, well, I follow Jesus but I'm not sure so much about the teachings of Paul. Have you heard that? Maybe it's just me. But I only see like a almost like a father's heart in Paul in this letter. Where there's something that has grown, he didn't have a part in it, it's not his ego that he's feeding but he is just proud of what what this church is doing and what God has done there. In reading this scripture and this morning, the the thing that I want to kind of talk about very quickly, and Paul mentions it twice, and it stood out to me is that he talks about bearing good fruit. Did you see that? Did you hear that? About bearing good fruit. And I want to tell you that this morning, I believe the seed of that Good fruit is the good news. Verse 6 says, This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. Can I tell you, the message that I have for you this morning is really simple but it has the power to transform and change lives. The seed that started the church in Colossae was the good news. Not a complicated church growth plan, not not some fancy idea. The seed that started the church was the good news. And the seed that we need if we want to bear fruit can I tell you this morning is the good news. The good news produces good fruit, and I, and this morning I want to tell you what I believe the good news is that Paul preached, and I want to read it for you from Ephesians for us this morning. And we're going to do something a little bit different. Usually we kind of We just read God's word and we, you know, we listen. This morning I want us, I want us to just take it in. I want us to kind of have soil that's ready to accept this seed. Can we do that? And to do that I just want to just take a moment and let's just pray and let's quieten ourselves to hear God's good news. From Paul, this, is, this will be taken from Ephesians. Like I said, Ephesians and Colossians, written at very much the same time. But it's also where Epaphras heard the good news, wasn't it? Ephesians, that this was the message that Paul was preaching in Ephesians. So let's pray, quiet ourselves, and then we're going to read some Scripture together. God, come and do your work. God, we thank you that we don't have all the goods that only you do. That you are the holder of that good news that bears good fruit. And we just ask as we listen, as we read, that you would plant that seed in our life. Come and do that in these moments, Holy Spirit. Let's let this seed be planted. Reading from Ephesians 2, starting at verse 1. Once... You were dead because of your disobedience and many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us, all of us used to live that way following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy. And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and sealed us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us. As shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. The good news this morning is this. Our brokenness leads to death. But because of God's love and grace, Jesus took our death. He defeated it. And now we get to experience and share in his resurrection. Not as a once-off, but every day, God is restoring us. That's good news, isn't it, for us this morning? Is there an amen to that good news? That is the good news that if it's planted in us, will bear good fruit. And the good fruit that that Paul is talking about, who knows that the good fruit isn't that you will have heaps more knowledge about God and godly things. That, that might be a byproduct, but that's not what he's talking about with the good fruit. He's not even talking about having a superior moral kind of conduct in your life. Paul makes it pretty, he's very specific. He talks about the good fruit being a love of all God's people. That's the fruit that the good news plants in us. This morning, there's just a couple of questions. Do you know the good news for yourself? Are you letting that good news transform you? Are you seeing it bear fruit? The fruit of love for all God's people? I'm obsessed with God's good news. I, I'll, every chance I get, I want to tell you about God's good news. Paul, that's Paul's version. That's, a, that's, that's pretty good. That starts the church. But God has so much good news for us. A God of love, a God of forgiveness, a God of restoration, of grace, of joy, of peace. This morning, if you want to take hold of that good news, you want that planted in you, we're just going to pray together. We're not going to do anything too special. We're just going to... Because who knows that it's not me doing anything. The, the seed, the good news is God planting that. And we believe that there's power in God's good news, don't we? Let's pray. Holy Spirit, come in these moments. May that good news sink deep into our understanding into our hearts may it transform our thinking and may it transform our doing may we bear that fruit the fruit of love for all of god's people god we just pray as we as we leave this place that holy spirit you bring more understanding for sure but that you start to grow that seed in us. That as we have conversations with others, as we live in our workplaces and our schools, that, that we see opportunities to also plant that good news wherever we go. And God, our prayer is that we might see good fruit, that your kingdom may come. That Adelaide may be a transformed city by your power, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, in these precious moments and minister to us. Pray in the name of Jesus, amen. One last challenge for you. There's always one last little challenge at the end. If we're to know God's good news, I can tell you on a Sunday all I like. But do you know that we have access to God's good news all the time? That actually, God's good news is throughout Scripture. Paul talks about God's good news over and over again. So my challenge to you this week especially because we're going to be looking at it for a few weeks now, is I'd love you to read through the book of Colossians. Four chapters, you can definitely do that this week. Because if we read it, if we read God's word, if we listen to God's word, if we speak God's word this week, who knows that's where God plants things. Yeah? Can we do that together? Read Colossians this week. Go for it if you want to read way more than that. Please, go eat. Yeah, do all that. That's great. But Colossians this week, read through it at least once. Pray the Holy Spirit reveals to you His good news. But over the next few weeks, we're going to be exploring a little bit further into the letter. Uh, Sarah's going to be preaching next week, which is great. It's, it's good to see Sarah as well. We are so glad that you're with us. We're praying that you feel well. Yeah, uh, And then the week after, Jacob is also bringing. So we've got a good few weeks ahead. Make sure you're back here next week to, to be together. All right. Enjoy each other's company. God bless you this week.